welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? Yeah, give me a uh, hamburger and French fries and a Coca-Cola. That'd be 35 cents, please. Great. 15 cents is your change. And here you are. What's this? Your food. No, no, no. I just ordered. And now it's here. You sure? All right. Where the, uh, you know, silverware, the plates, and everything. You just eat it straight out of the wrapper and then throw it all out. Contracts are like hearts. They are made to be broken. Today, we're serving up some McDonald's. Good old Mickey D's through the conduit of a 2016 movie, technically. technically. 2017. First, this is a pool scene podcast. I am Kevin on the drive through headset. I'm joined by Jim. Right now, with a final fries and a large shake, that'll be 69 cents. Speedy service. McDonald's, the fast food establishment that many of us have sentimental nostalgia for, but just isn't the same anymore, was founded in 1940 in San Bernardino, California, by Richard and Maurice McDonald. Maurice is an underrated first name. Yeah, he is. So much so, they didn't refer to him in the movie as Maurice, it's just Mac. But the brothers went by Dick and Mac. The McDonald brothers introduced what they called the speedy service system in 1948. They're credited with inventing modern fast food, but that ignores that White Castle was doing it two decades earlier. White Castle has never been good. I don't think White Castle was a fair comparison. It's two separate burgers. They jam that onion shit. It's a slider. It's a slider and they're steamed. Have they ever had a full-size White Castle hamburger? I don't think so. I don't know. Have you ever had White Castle? Yeah. It's disgusting. So White Castle is like the one food that if you buy the White Castle from the frozen food section, it cooks up exactly like the restaurant. What does that tell you? (laughs) Fucking shite. Yeah, but consistent. In the 1950s, businessman Ray Kroc got his claws into the McDonald's brothers and the McDonald's business. This week's movie explores what happened there. We are talking 2016 biological drama, The Founder, which is directed by John Lee Hancock, written by Robert Siegel, based on Ray Kroc's autobiography and his unauthorized biography. I always found it weird that his full name is Ray A. Kroc, because he literally became a Kroc of shit. I would love to read both of these. The script was intended to be developed to be the McDonald's version of the social network and there will be blood. So you can kind of feel where they were trying to go. Yeah. The person hired to direct to execute that vision was John Lee Hancock, who has directed The Rookie, The Alamo, The Blind Side, Saving Mr. Banks, The Highwaymen, The Little Things, a couple others. Basically, if you have a movie with 
the preceding the title hancock is your guy i do like the fact that he had to use his middle name because god forbid you would confuse him with the john John hancock Hancock. this was a hotly sought after script and appeared on the 2014 blacklist of most liked unmade scripts and a big what if is that the coen brothers wanted to direct but couldn't due to scheduling conflicts with hail caesar i'm so bummed to learn this because i can only imagine how great it would have been as a coen brothers movie chicken mcnuggets really tie the room together there dude Production of the founder spent over a month trying to find a suitable location to capture the first McDonald's accurately. Eventually, they just built a modular set in a church parking lot in Douglasville, Georgia. They moved it around as necessary to appear as different locations. The history of the first real location is that the McDonald's brothers were living in New Hampshire, and towards the end of the 1930s, they moved to Hollywood, California. Richard and Maurice's dad opened a food stand near Monrovia Airport called the Airdrome. I dig it. They sold hot dogs and hamburgers for 10 cents. The dream, man. Hot dogs. In 1940, Dick and Mac moved the business 40 miles away to San Bernardino and rebranded as McDonald's Barbecue. This version had 25 menu items, mostly, of the barbecue variety. The oldest McDonald's that is still operational is in Downey, California, which was the third location, and it opened in 1953. It was the second location to be franchised by Ray Crock before he officially joined the company. McDonald's did not want involvement in this film. McDonald's celebrates Ray Kroc more than they do the McDonald brothers. They don't exist. It's to the point where I brought this up. There are McDonald's's or McDonald's eye that have <laughs> plaques that literally says Ray A. Kroc, the founder, the founder. of McDonald's. Not. We're going to talk about it later. The founder of the franchising. Ask, ask my wife. Your wife. She's team Ray Kroc. Really? Yeah. I'm team Mac. We're the way bro we're gonna talk about it later the one uh, mcdonald brothers the zodiac killer <laughs> is i'm just saying i saw the movie you put dick's arches on your letterhead this is not your company ray mac do you understand that mac don't get upset uh, quickly, I want to discuss some of the staples and icons of McDonald's, which was trademarked as a name not until 1961, I'm sure, by Ray Kroc. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, it was him. The McDonald's buildings as we grew up with, so Gemini, the Gemini killer. Gemini, you haven't lost your trademark. Strike first. That's right. That initial blow is so very important. <laughs> Those are referred to as Mansard Roof McDonald's. Mansard. So the brown. Yeah. The with classic the classic early 90s, late 80s McDonald's. how they still 80s. should be. That's how they still should be. Those are called Mansard Roof McDonald's. They were introduced in 1969. So those were your dine-in, drive-through, play-place buildings, replacing the walk-up old-school ones seen in the era of this movie. The car hop type. Yeah. So they still have one of those car hop style ones in Columbus that's got the just one arch on each side. Yeah. Kind of cool. I was like, they got the speedy mascot and all that. I wish they, I don't understand with nostalgia being such a big thing. I saw a thing on Facebook where people are like, oh my God, they just opened a Pizza Hut classic. Yeah. And I'm like, we've had one in Warren now for a while. It's yeah. labeled Pizza Hut classic. Why don't, and even Burger King is starting to go back to the old logos and the old look. Good. Why doesn't McDonald's build a 1984 McDonald's? Good time, great
Taco Bell. That's oh, the one I need. Oh, the original. It's amazing how many original, I shouldn't say original, 80s Taco Bell buildings that we still see that are now something else. Yeah. Fucking. That's the one. I mean, you don't see a lot of McDonald's, like the Mansard Roof McDonald's that have been converted because no. you know usually what happens to the Mansard Roof McDonald's? They demolish they them. They demolish them and rebuild them with a, a modern McDonald's. Which, the modern McDonald's. Modern McDonald's is as bad as it's ever been. It's I would so rather depressing. have the car hop McDonald's than the modern McDonald's. And the worst one is the one on Belmont, which is even, it's just yeah. one color. There's yeah. barely any yellow in it. No. They represent our childhoods, which used to be vibrant and colorful, and now they're gray and depressed. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Ronald McDonald the Clown Ugh. was introduced in 1965 as an effort to market towards children. I would hope so. I would hope they're not like, you know, trying to market him towards adults. And do you know who one of the people that played the original Ronald McDonald? Willard Scott. Really? From the Today Show. Willard Scott was one of the original Ronald McDonald's. Weird. Introducing the world's newest, silliest, and hamburger eating as clown, Ronald McDonald. Where is that clown? Oh, Ronald, Ronald, Ronald. Hey, Ronald. Here I am, kid. Hey, isn't watching TV fun? Especially when you got delicious McDonald's hamburgers. In many countries, the drive-thru is referred to as, any guesses? Oh. You're going to hit yourself when you hear it. I have no idea. McDrive. Why don't they? Oh, Jesus. Another marketing thing they didn't capitalize on here. Yeah, they McFucked up. <laughs> Uh, I like to imagine McDrive as a sequel to Drive, where Gosling's back is the driver, and he's an Uber each driver. <laughs> Uh, the first McDonald's drive. I prefer the McTransporter, but that's just me. The first McDonald's drive through in the U.S. was in Sierra Vista, Arizona. Now the name McDrive is referred to a handful of off-highway locations that do not have dine-in seating, drive through only. And there's a few city locations in downtown areas that have a walk-through instead of a drive through Interesting. So McDrive is for truck drivers, basically. Off, the, like, country road, like that drive between, like, Columbia, in Cincinnati, you'd see a McDonald's off the highway. You could just pull off, grab your food in the drive-thru. That's it. That's it. Their dream because there's hardly anybody working there. Yeah, right. Can't talk about drive-thrus without mentioning the Liebeck versus McDonald's 1994 court case. A woman was served coffee so hot that when it accidentally spilled in her lap, it caused third-degree burns that required skin grafts and weeks in the hospital. McDonald's policy was to serve coffee between 180 and 190 degrees. That's about 30 degrees warmer than most home coffee brewing machines. A burn expert testified that liquid at 180 degrees could cause third-degree burns within 15 seconds. Lawyers produced documents that showed that between 1983 and 1992, nearly 700 people claimed that they had been burned by hot coffee at McDonald's. The details are gnarly. Uh. It deformed her vagina. But didn't they have to put the caution thing on every goddamn cup yep. from there on out? Because people are fucking stupid. I don't get this, but she was originally awarded $2.86 million. And I don't know why, but in the end, the amount was reduced to $649,000. The amount at the end should have been reduced to the cup of coffee she paid for because she's a fucking idiot. No. Yes. Why are you with McDonald's on this? Because it's hot coffee. Third degree burns deformed her coffee Listen, you're supposed to blow on it it's before you drink it okay not, 
fucking lava. It's, well, she shouldn't order hot coffee. It's called iced coffee. In 1994, McDonald's introduced something called Hearth Express, which is where McDonald's attempted home-style takeout such as meatloaf and ham. Oh, The experiment was limited. McMeatloaf? The experiment, McLoaf. The experiment (laughs) was limited to- I just threw up in my mouth. It was limited to one location. (laughs) There'd have to be a meatloaf commercial with meatloaf (laughs) as McMeatloaf. McLoaf. McLoaf. I'm doing from McLoaf. I'm a McHam. <laughs> McCornbread. Oh, a McCorn. What could be the grossest McCorn food? McCorn on the McCob. What's the grossest food that you could think of at the top of your head that you put an MC in front of that'll just make your fucking stomach churn? McSpaghetti. <laughs> McSushi. So the experiment was limited to one location in Darien, Illinois, but failed after one year. Oh, you're an Illinois guy. Uh, You just said Illinois. I did say Illinois, but I'm not an Illinois. Oh, I don't know about that. So okay, Oregon. um, McDonald's, located in gas stations and convenience stores, or even WalMarts, are called Mick Express. There's locations called Mick Stop, which are at truck stops. So technically, we sort of have a Mick Stop in Mineral Ridge. Yeah, we actually think we have a couple yeah mcdonald's play places aka lice central were introduced <laughs> in 1987 feed arenas with ball pits and slides they allowed smoking in the restaurant the re- best restaurants were applicable for another seven years until smoking was banned at all locations you should only be allowed to smoke in the play place in 1994 now. so that yeah yeah used to be a thing bring back the mcdarts let's get crazy <laughs> <laughs> i'm surprised i Mc- want a hot coffee and a mcdart surprised mcdarts were never a promotional item <laughs> why not Eight years prior to Play Places, kids and kids at heart could purchase Happy Meals. The idea came from Yolanda Fernandez Cofino, who operated McDonald's locations with her husband in Guatemala. A.K.A. Ray Kroc. She created what translated as the Ronald menu, a hamburger, small fries, and a sundae. This information was taken to McDonald's management in Chicago, specifically Bob Bernstein, who for some reason my brain kept on telling me Bob Bernquist. (laughs) He did a kickflip. In 1977, pro skateboarder Bob Bernquist from trying Brazil to, trying to figure out uh yeah so Bob Bernstein had been trying to develop a better family experience at McDonald's he was right on with everything he was going for kids would be happier with their own packaged meals rather than eating from their parents meals yeah and he knew the packaging was key first they worked with nationally known illustrators to include artwork and jokes on the boxes the box idea was there from day one so once Excellent. they got the happy meal they had the lunch pail with the golden arches Kansas City got the first Happy Meals, and then the national rollout of Happy Meals happened in 1979. Your kids will love McDonald's Happy Meal. It's food and fun in a box. It's a hamburger or cheeseburger, regular-sized fries, regular-sized soft drink, and a McDonaldland cookie sampler. It all comes in a Happy Meal box with games, puzzles, jokes, and a prize. A prize? It's a hamburger or cheeseburger, regular-sized fries, regular-sized soft drink, a McDonaldland cookie sampler with games, puzzles, jokes, and a prize. I've been happy. Do you remember in the 90s when they decided, you know what, we're going to get rid of the box and just make it a bag? So before, yeah, I do remember that. Before the uh, Happy Meal, they tried to do that. I think his name was McCrook. He was a pirate. Okay. And it was a filet of fish meal, but it was targeted towards kids. When I was a kid, the closest you could get me to a fish was the aquarium. Now, thanks to McDonald's, I'm the expert. You see, most fish is not government inspected, but all McDonald's fish is U.S. government inspected grade A. And it's all prime white filet. 
No fish cakes, not ground up, not mixed with other fish. It's a filet of fish. The best-selling fish sandwich in America. Tell them your nickname, Henry. They call me Jaws. Quality you can taste. But it was kind of the same idea. They just weren't, they had to tweak it a little bit. I will say the filet of fish is that menu item in McDonald's. It is directly targeted to those who love Buicks because <laughs> who else is buying? There's nice. nobody even in our demographic in the 40s that go, you know what? I want a filet of fish. I think my dad loves filet of fish. My dad's 75. Fast food fish sandwiches are a lint item, but are they, can you get a, a fish sandwich from any fast food establishment year round? Or is it literally only like during lint? I'm, ooh. I really got to think about that. Like, could we go to McDonald's today and get a filet of fish? Oh, yeah. Because they have a thing on their app where you can buy a filet of fish. Arby's has a good fish sandwich. Can I go to Arby's today and get a fish sandwich? I think you could, but that would cost like $16. Yeah, well, Arby's is is ridiculous. Very expensive. You need the King's Jewels in your controller. Jim, what's your first Happy Meal memory? Ooh. So I would have to say the first Happy Meal memory I have would probably be the Changeables. Our urgent mission on Earth is to stop the Munchoy stealing the Happy Meals. But how? Listen, guys, we break down into microbots to cross the galaxy, okay? Then instead of rematerializing big, let's duplicate ourselves so that everyone gets one of us in their Happy Meal and we'll beat the Munchoy. Each week, there'll be a different one of us in every McDonald's Happy Meal and the box will transform too. Good work, Fry. But hurry, prepare to transfer. Okay. That some that are looking right up on the shelf right here. I thought being like in the GoBots and the Transformers like I did, I thought it was one of the coolest toy ideas. Yeah, and still look, it is. It still is built to last. They didn't break unless you really manipulated them. Those are great. And of course, we love our glasses and cups. Yeah, I so my first Happy Meal memory is probably the Fraggle Rock toys. Oh, those are great. With the carrot with wheels and stuff. McDonald's presents. <laughs> great news, Fraggles. Greater than a one Fraggle ping pong game. Greater than laundry? Tell me, Gobo. No, let me guess. No, tell me! Ah! It says... Kids get one of four Fraggle Rock toys when their parents buy them a McDonald's Happy Meal featuring Jim Henson's Fraggle Rock. There's Red Fraggle in a radish, Gobo in a carrot, Moki in an eggplant, or Boober and Wembley in a pickle. I think I'll capture that news in something arty. But first, let's party! Hooray! I remember playing with those in like my mom's Oldsmobile Cutlass. I remember the pullback cars, the smaller pullback theme cars. Like you would have, uh, who was the cop? The the cop, the hamburger cop, McMack? Yeah. Uh, Shit. I don't know. You had Birdie and then you yeah. had the McCop, McCopper guy. I fucking know his name is. I love the pullback cars. McDonald's has teamed with plenty of celebrities, but the first to have their own meal. Any guesses? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan yeah. in 1992 called the McJordan. Detroit's the same way too. Cause only one team can repeat. And only one town gets to eat. The McJordan special. Now it's back in town. It's some awfully good eating. That's why it bears repeating. But McJordan special is. McDonald's today. Since then, LeBron has had his own McDonald's Sprite, the Sprite 6. There's been a Travis Scott meal, a Jay Balvin meal, and so on. Yeah. McDonald's even partnered with NASA, but not for a meal. NASA were literally going to take a mission to the asteroid 449 Hamburger on McDonald's behalf, but it was canceled. Hamburger? Hamburger. Okay, so we're getting trendy now? Yes, that's exactly why I said it that way. No cap? 
All no res. cap, all res. No, it's H-A-M-B-U-R-G-A. Oh. They, it's close enough to hamburger. Okay. So they, we're going to do it. We're going to have a hamburger. At the time of typing, there are McDonald's in 120 countries, almost 38,000 locations. The kind that makes you want to get away. So we're going to come through for you. You deserve a break, so we'll be ready for you. We'll get a shot on the floor. We'll even polish the About 2,700 of the locations are corporate-owned. Feeds 1% of the world's population. The remaining are franchised. Ray Kroc was not entirely responsible for the franchise idea, but he was responsible for the success of the franchise idea. So, Jim, did audiences get McDonald's before or after seeing the founder? Please give us budget box office news. And number one, at time of release, the founder. WUAB Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock news. So the founder came out on a very interesting day in our country on the first month, the 20th day of the year 2017, inauguration day. Oof. And it came with a, this is what I don't get. So I could not get an exact number of this budget. It's either $7 million or $25 million. Hmm. It's a weird mix. I saw multiple sites give one or the other. So it's either 7 million or 25. It only made 24 million. To yeah. the box. So it's a bomb. Not a box office movie. No, this is, you watch it at home a couple times. We it's on Tubi. Never if you guys seen this movie on cable. Never would be a good cable movie. Oh, it'd be an excellent with, with commercials and stuff. I'd Saturday afternoon. It's yeah. a great Saturday afternoon, and you'd learn stuff. So I want to do something different. We all know what took place in 2017. It wasn't that long ago. There weren't video stores really anymore. Just like a couple weeks ago. in time to when Dick and Mac opened their first store on May the 15th, 1940. We're going the farthest back. We're going back to the days of 1398 Northeast Street at West 14th in San Bernardino, California. We're pulling up to Dick and Mac's place. And guess what we found out? That John Steinbeck just won the Pulitzer Prize for the Grapes of Wrath. Never read the book. Another book that I did read, Winston Churchill succeeds Neville Chamberlain, the person who appeased Hitler as the British Prime Minister, Kevin Churchill. Or Chamberlain, who's your guy? It wasn't Churchill buried standing up or something. Maybe. I think he was buried standing up. Interesting. Like, literally, they just dug a hole his size and just stood him up. And I like, think they still put him in a casket. You you continue with the news. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, double check that because that's a very interesting note. That'd be something you put in your will. You'd be like, can I be buried standing up? And I know what you fuckers would do or something. You just jam a rod up my ass and maybe like a mannequin or something. I don't know. In the meantime, the first successful helicopter flight in the United States, the Vought Sikorsky US-300 was flown, designed by the one, the only, the American nightmare, Igor Sikorsky. You thought I was going to say Cody Rhodes, the Royal <laughs> Rumble winner, because he created the helicopter. And now, a man who was born in and around 1940, Georgie boy! Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael, and welcome to The Sports Machine. The first ever night game at St. Louis Sportsman Park was played. The Indians, the Cleveland 
Indians defeat the St. Louis Browns 3-2. The first night game ever in 1940. Very interesting. And we got some very, very notable birthdays. Stan Makita, famous for Stan Makita's Donuts in Wayne's World. I guess he played hockey for the Blackhawks too, whatever. <laughs> but what a killer donut that guy makes. Go check the guy behind the counter. Looks like Ed O'Neill. Paul Rudd, born in 1940. Not that Paul Rudd. If Paul Rudd, the one who we all think was born in 1940, would we not believe it? The guy doesn't age. He's amazing. Kevin, do you have an update? There's absolutely nothing saying that Winston Churchill is buried standing up. <laughs> what? you get that? I, I transversed onto another plane of existence. I have no idea where I got that from, but I am reading that upright burials have an added step. So in order for the body to be buried in an upright position, it must be frozen solid first instead of embalming. So I'm I have absolutely no idea why I thought Winston Churchill was buried. <laughs> yeah. So it's sort of like a demolition man scenario where you're cryogenically frozen almost yeah. like a ice cube. I don't want a Mick burial like that. I will say that right now. I do not want to be buried standing up. Some guy who wasn't buried standing up, but maybe he was. Sadaharu O of the Yorimuri Giants hit a professional baseball record, 868 career home runs, who is considered the king, the home run king of professional baseball, not the major leagues. I still have a problem with Major League Baseball calling it the World Series when it's only teams in Canada and the United States. Just saying, maybe we should make it a world event. And then finally in birthdays, Bernard Shaw, American television news journalist from CBS and ABC, becomes the first anchor of the cable news network known as CNN. So there's some birthdays for you for in and around May 15th, 1940. The top movie at the time was Boomtown, a Western starring Clark Gable and Spencer Tracy made $3.3 million at the box office in 1940. Also, your number one song in America. Here's a funny thing, too. 1940 was the first year that Billboard started to compile their top charts. It didn't start till July the 27th. So in May, we had no idea what the number one song in was in America. However, on July 27th, the number one song in America was I'll Never Smile Again by Tommy Dorsey and his orchestra with Frank Sinatra and the Pied Pipers. None of us know what this song sounds like. We're not going to know until we hear it in post. Tommy Dorsey played at Yankee Lake Ballroom. Did he? Yeah, that used to be a big thing. They would have the big bands come through and stuff. I feel like Tommy Dorsey probably played there a lot in probably Idora Park oh, Ballroom. Probably. probably played Stanbaugh. Stanbaugh, and- Jaga Lake Ballroom. Uh-huh. Probably did a lot of that stuff. I, those You watch old footage that does exist from those ballroom days. It looks fun as shit. But did Jerry Dorsey play there? You mean Engelberg Humperdinck? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm Humper Dinked. I turned it into a verb. Humper Peter Dinklage. Humper McPeter Dinklage. (laughs) Humper McPeter Dinklage. That's my new name. Humper is my first name. My last name is McPeter Dinklage. All I see in my head right now is Peter Dinklage looking very pissy. What would you think of a person if they introduced themselves to you as Humper McPeter Dinklage? Just, just, like, just get this dude a drug test. Humper. McPeter Dinklage. You got to do, you can't just do Humper McPeter Dinklage. You got to do Humper. Wait for it. McPeter. Dinklage. That's a middle name. Wait for it. 
Uh, Wait, what's your real name? Hi, I'm Humber. Wait for it. Mick Peter Dinklage. H.W. Mick Peter Dinklage. Oh, God. Boy, I bet you had Dick and Mac McDonald love Peter. Wait for it. Mick Peter Dinklage. You're really not my type. And off to McDonald's. All right. Let's order a supersized plot. In 1954, on the road, milkshake machine salesman Ray Kroc is having a bit of a crisis because all of the drive-in restaurants he's trying to sell to are not efficiently ran they basically all take a half hour to get your food it's yeah. not right they forgot something all those hooligan teenagers in their cigarettes yeah their darts Yuck. He gets an order from a place in San Bernardino that's ordering a surprising amount of milkshake machines, thinking that obviously a mistake has been made. He calls them to confirm, only to learn that they need even more than initially requested. He decides he needs to see this operation for himself and drives across country. What he finds blows him away. It's McDonald's, true fast food with disposable packaging that is family friendly and a woman on a bench who's not really eating. How is everything? This might be the best hamburger I've ever had in my life. Yeah, we aim to please. Um, Mac McDonald. Oh, well, look at this. Ray Kroc. The multi-mixer fellow. I spoke with my brother Dick. I did, yeah, yeah. What are you doing way out here? I'm in Los Angeles, business meeting. Ooh. I thought, I'm in the neighborhood. I should just swing by and say hello. Well, I'm sure glad you did. This whole thing? This is some operation. Care for a little tour? Of the... Hmm? Yeah, I would. Well, finish up, I'll come back. All righty, thanks. I love how overwhelmed he is in that scene yeah. where he's just like, I just ordered this. Here, okay. I get it's a new concept. Where do I eat that this? That kid is great. That kid is just like, you eat wherever you want. At the park? At your house? Now, if you do that nowadays, kids will be like, can you fuck off, yeah. please? Eat it up your ass. Got no riz, bro. The owners... Cuh. <laughs> Brothers Mac and Dick give him the full tour. Speed, that's the name of the game. The first stop for every McDonald's hamburger is the grill. Manned by two cooks whose sole job it is to grill those all beef beauties to perfection. Meanwhile, as the patty cooks, our dressers get the buns ready. Watch out. Burger crossing. Every McDonald's burger has two pickles pinch of onions, and a precise shot of ketchup and mustard. Now, where'd you get those? We made them. Made them? Yeah, custom built. Whole kitchen is. Next is. is the finishing station where we put the whole thing together. Voila, a fresh, delicious burger from grill to counter in 30 seconds. After taking them to dinner and thinking about nothing but McDonald's since seeing it, he tells the brothers they must franchise. They tell him they already tried that and failed. Eventually, after much persistence, Ray Kroc convinces them to let him lead the franchising, the worst mistake ever. However, the terms are that they require him to get their approval on any and all changes. Kroc starts with the idea of approaching wealthy investors, but he runs into the same problems he had as a milkshake machine salesman. Poor management, poor work ethic. One guy's even selling burritos. And fried chicken. <laughs> what is this? Huh? What is that? It appears to be a hamburger. Not a McDonald's burger, it's not. Look at all that ketchup. You got three pickles on there instead of two. And look at that. Look at that. Lettuce. Really? Could we talk lettuce. about this another time? Look at the patty itself. It is tragically overcooked. Tragically. I don't know, Ray. It looks good to me. What the hell do you know about quality? I was by your restaurant today, too. Yeah, what about it? What about it? You got corn on the cob, you got fried chicken. People love fried chicken. Do they? Well, then let them go somewhere where they serve fried chicken. 
and your kitchen is filthy. What the hell's the matter with you guys? I don't know about you, Ray, but I'm retired. You said this would no. be a good place for us to partner. No, no. It's an investment. If I'd wanted a job, I would have applied for a cook position. You couldn't get a job as a cook in one of my restaurants. He rethinks his plan and begins targeting middle-class investors who prove to be much more inclined to upholding McDonald's standards. Usually ex-military guys, too. Genius yeah. innovation, because maybe this is more for later, but wealthy people just want to hire somebody to run it who doesn't care. It's a tax write-off. But if you hire somebody who's like, you make them the promise of like, invest your money in this and you can get rich, yeah. those people are going to care a lot more. Because they look at it like a scheme. Yeah, basically. Croc begins opening even more franchises franchises across the Midwest, but calling himself the creator of McDonald's. Around this time, Croc meets a Minnesota upscale restaurant owner, Raleigh Smith, who wants to invest, and Ray fancies Raleigh's wife, Joan. Pretty obviously that he does. It, and weirdly, it, in front of the husband. And he almost seems to peddle it, like, yeah, go for it, pal. Croc's franchising takes off like wildfire, but his profits are hindered by the contract he signed. Hi, Ray. I want to renegotiate. Renegotiate what? My deal. My lousy deal. 1.4 doesn't even cover my monthly nut, let alone drive expansion. Ray, those are the terms. It's not good enough. It's almost triple our cut. Well, you should be getting more too then, shouldn't you? We are not greedy men. Greed has nothing to do with it. If I had more money to work with, I could be growing this thing at twice we the pace. We have no beef with the current rate of expansion. I've got nothing. Not one location in Pennsylvania. Nothing in New York. All in good time. Nothing in Texas. I have no doubt it'll come. You know, I'm out here breaking my neck for you guys. And you're doing a bang-up job. Well, then I should be doing a heck of a lot better than just breaking even. I don't know what to say. Say you'll renegotiate. I can't. Can't or won't? Upping your cut. It would be unfair to the franchisees. The franchisees are doing just fine. I'm the one that's drowning here. You freely and willingly agreed to the terms of your deal, Ray. Nobody put a gun to your head. 4%. No. 3.5%. Ray. What? No. God damn it. Mac and Dick will not renegotiate. Croc's wife is upset to learn that their mortgage payment is three months late. He didn't tell her. And she didn't know that to open that first location, he mortgaged their house. Around this time, financial consultant Harry Sonneborn, who should get all the credit for everything as far as Ray Kroc, he gives Ray his breakthrough, telling Ray that the money is in real estate, not food. There will be a huge revenue stream and leverage over the McDonald's brothers. So Ray starts Franchise Realty Corporation, which infuriates Mac and Dick because he's going around their back, but perhaps the biggest infraction is that Ray is providing milkshakes made from powder Ugh. to the franchises. An idea that came from Croc's side piece, Joan, Raleigh's wife. Delivery! Where do you want these? Ray! I've thought it over. Approved. Really? Thank you. No, thank you. It's a whiz-bang idea, and you're the one who thought of it. Well, we're deeply honored to serve as your test market. The hell with that. I'm going to roll this out nationally. Ray divorces his wife, who gets all of his assets except his business shares of McDonald's. Ray renames the company the McDonald's Corporation, which is just <laughs> insane, and makes demands to buy out Mac and Dick. This sends Mac into diabetic shock. Croc visits Mac in the hospital with a blank check. They agree to a lump sum of $2.7 million for ownership of the San Bernardino location. So after taxes, they get $1.2 each. Yeah. 
Yeah, with them getting a 1% annual royalty from McDonald's. When it comes down to finalizing the details, Ray refuses, not only refuses to include the royalties, but he scams them. Yeah, the handshake deal. He tells them that he's got to have the other people look over the paperwork. He can't sign it, but he promised he gives them a handshake deal and promises you'll get your royalties. Hey, Mac and Dick were country bumpkin guys. They believed in loyalty. Yes. The man's word. In a pivotal moment, Dick confronts Ray and asks why he had to fuck them and didn't just steal their idea and do his own thing. He tells Dick the true value is the name McDonald's because it's American. Yeah. It's not Crocs. Nobody wants to go eat a Crocs. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The McDonald brothers are faced to take their own name off their restaurant. And then it was brutal. And then Croc opens a location across the street to twist the knife. Oh, what a fucking asshole. Croc marries Joan. An epilogue reveals that they never did get their 1%, which would have been about $100 million per year. Now, I know what you're thinking. How the heck does a 52-year-old, over-the-hill, milkshake machine salesman build a fast food empire with 1,600 restaurants in 50 states, five foreign countries, with an annual revenue of in the neighborhood of $700 million? One word, persistence. Nothing in this world can take the place Good old persistence. Talent won't. Nothing's more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius won't. Unrecognized genius is practically a cliche. Education won't. Why, the world is full of educated fools. Persistence and determination alone are all powerful. Characters, Michael Keaton is Ray Kroc. Tom Hanks turned it down in a reverse Philadelphia because Keaton turned down the role of Andrew Beckett and Hanks took it. So this was like the reverse where Hanks turned it down and Keaton took it. Yep. Nick Offerman is Dick McDonald. John Carroll Lynch as Mac McDonald. Zodiac. Linda Cardellini, almost unrecognizable as Joan Smith. I had a double take. BJ Novak as Harry Sonneborn. Laura Dern as Ethel Kroc. What a name. (laughs) The name you don't really hear anymore is like (laughs) Ethel. Patrick Wilson kind of shows up as a surprise as Raleigh Smith. Dude's in everything. He is in absolutely everything. To me, Patrick Wilson is a little bit of like a, we couldn't get Chris Pratt. Like he sort of has like a Chris Pratt feel to him. He is almost the generic analog for we need that guy, but yeah. we can't get that guy. Yes, he very much is. And he's been in some good stuff and he's been good in some things. Except Moonfall. Except Moonfall. So Jim, which character or characters give a passable performance as any non-lead character still seems? To me, it's Nick Offerman as Dick McDonald. Ray, we have no interest in a milkshake that contains no milk. Why don't we add sawdust to the hamburgers while we're at it? Frozen french fries. You don't want to save a bundle. Not like that. We're talking about the same great taste. Same great taste while boosting the bottom line. It's called a milkshake, Ray. Real milk. Now and forever. Here's the thing. I can't not hear Nick Offerman talk and not hear Ron Swanson. This isn't a steak. Why would you call it that on your menu? I don't know what to tell you, man. Just give me all the bacon and eggs you have. Wait, wait. I worry what you just heard was, give me a lot of bacon and eggs. What I said was, give me all the bacon and eggs you have. Do you understand? 
that's a little bit what bothers me about Nick Offerman. He's almost like Ron Swanson, but more of an emotional Ron Swanson because he is very fine tuned to this is how things are. This is how they're going to be. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry. The fries. What about them? They're 5% too crisp. Oh, they're perfect. I think we should drop to two minutes, 50 seconds. Wasn't that what we were at before? 400, not 375. Higher temp, shorter cook. If only McDonald's, and this is why I, I love the brothers more than anything, they didn't care about making the money because they would not want to take the money if it involved sacrificing quality. That was their big thing. Like when he got in the whole spat with Ray about the Instamix, he's like, but it doesn't contain milk. Yeah. Like, how can you have it's a milkshake? A milkshake. What, how can you have milkshake without milk? He started sound a little bit like Don Vita. Hurry, <laughs> yo! Hurry, milk without milkshake. Uh, it's a McDon Vita. I like the dynamic between John Carroll Lynch and Nick Offerman. It's so good. They're the same age difference as the real McDonald brothers, but John Carroll Lynch plays more of like a even keel, whereas um, he's not the voice. He's a passive. Yeah, right. BJ Novak is Harry. I caught a bit of your conversation back there. Sounds like you're having financial troubles. Why don't you mind your own business? I'm a great admirer of your establishment. Thank you. I eat lunch at your Waukegan location at least twice a week. Always a fantastic crowd. Your point being? Mr. Croc, if you're not making money hand over fist, something's terribly wrong. Ray Kroc owes this dude a billion dollars, which he probably got because he made the change. And it's funny how that whole scene unplays before we get into best scenes, but Ray Kroc's at the bank pleading because they called his house because he was three months late on the mortgage. He's like, you don't call my house. And they're I give like, you my business number. They're like, uh, if you are three months behind your payment, we can call you anywhere we want. Yeah. Meanwhile, BJ Novak's there on some other business and just like eavesdropping and hears this whole conversation, follows him out of the bank, gives him a card, and is like, I've eaten at a McDonald's before. But the thing is, though, we see in the epilogue that Harry's Sonneborn left McDonald's in 67. Yeah. So he was over it yeah. quickly. Oh yeah. I get the feeling Ray was pretty difficult to oh, uh, work with. So yeah. why don't we get into best scenes? Jim, you go ahead. Uh, this is your first time seeing this movie. Kick us off. So right off the bat, I love that Ray shows up, Dick and Mac invite him out. He's like, let me take you out to dinner. And they spill fucking every yes. secret to Ray. So one day Dick has a realization. He sees that the bulk of our sales are in only three items. Hamburgers, french fries, soft drinks. 87%. So we say to ourselves, let's focus on what sells, and that's exactly what we do. Brisket, gone, tamales, gone, but we don't stop there. We look at everything. What else don't we need? Turns out quite a lot. Car hops. Walk up to a window, get your food yourself. Dishes? All paper packaging, disposable. Cigarette machines, jukeboxes. Drive out the riffraff. Creating a family-friendly environment here. That's not enough. All right. See, our whole lives, we'd piggybacked off other people's ideas. We wanted something that wasn't just different. It had to be better. It needed to be ours. And that's what brings us to the biggest cut of all. Which was? The wait. Order's ready in 30 seconds, not 30 minutes. And you just hear about the beginnings of that's my favorite too. So the barbecue joint didn't work. And he's like, it was only these amount of menu items that seemed to work for us. And he's like, I didn't want to listen to Mac, but Mac was right. And we followed Mac's advice that the hesitation to franchise out. Yeah. Mac was the one who didn't really want to do it, but he finally caved because he wanted Dick to have his dream. Yeah. And that just ripped at my heart. Yeah. Basically Ray goes to McDonald's, gets a hamburger, can't believe himself, <laughs> sits on a bench with a woman with a woman who's pretending to eat clearly not eating um mac is like in the parking lot sweeping 
Yeah. And Ray Kroc's like the best fucking hamburger I've ever had. I don't think he says fucking no. in front of the family. <laughs> hey, kid. They probably said uh, best darn hamburger. Best freaking hamburger. No. Uh, so he tells Mac how good it is. And Mac's like, yeah, whatever. McDonald's. I'm that guy. Yeah. And uh, Ray's like, I love this place. And they- <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> I'm loving it. They give him uh <laughs> speaking of that. That's something we got to talk about. Push a T wrote the jingle. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And never got like paid for it. Oh, he got crocked. Yeah, he got crocked. Ray Crock's long dead though. He was buried standing up. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Which the Churchill wasn't. Yeah, all the uh, <laughs> ingredients fell out. Um, because he had to get frozen first. <laughs> frozen fries. They give him the tour. Like they literally walk him through the kitchen. Oh, and it's then, a symphony of how everybody yes. moves. And then he's like, I gotta take you to dinner. And at this point, Dick's kind of funny because yeah. he's like, You're not my type. Yeah. And Stay makes a joke. They in 1954, that's kind of a t- taboo yeah, thing to sure. say. Yeah. They take him to dinner. As Jim said, they they go over the core principles of McDonald's and then this leads to the tennis court. And he's drawn this line, the exact dimensions of our kitchen. Sink on the right, extruder on the left. Struder. Bagging and hood. Hood. Okay. Garnish, garnish. This, this is uh, burger finish. Got it. And then this is burger slide. We could just move those. Okay. Multi-mixer soft drinks. Okay. We bring out our whole staff, and we have them go through the motions, making pretend burgers and fries. All right, Steve, anticipate that. You got to keep the tray level. Okay. And Dick is running around with this stick, marking where all the equipment should be. Tuck in. Tony, are you going to skip the pickles when we're really doing it? They do it over and over, hashing it out, choreographing it like some crazy burger ballet. Going on over there? Yes. No. No. Everybody stop, stop. Garnish one, garnish two. You've got pickles, you've got onions. It's a goddamn hamburger. Oh, this scene was awesome. They hire a bunch of people or or the people that work for them. They bring them to a tennis court and with chalk, they draw the speedy system and And modify from time to time. So basically it becomes like the word symphony, all these parts moving as one to create hamburgers and fries, basically to the window in 30 seconds. Dick is the maestro. Yes. And Dick is the maestro. And it's, I mean, I don't know what word I want to use here, but this is very much like an OCD person. Oh, yeah. Like the fact that... Openly admit, I'm hands-on everything. Yes. We both are. And he he redraws it how many times? He just has to keep like, until it's absolutely perfect. And eventually they nail it. I mean, they truly do provide hamburgers, fries, drinks in 30 seconds. And then to go one step further, once they get the kitchen down how they want, they have this huge learning curve of convincing guests they're not a drive-in. Opening day, cars pull up onto the lot and they start honking immediately because no car hop comes up. You place your order. We try to explain to them the walk-up window. And they are uh, bewildered. No, they're furious. What do you mean I gotta get out of my car? <laughs> Most of them just cuss us out and drive off. And the few that stay are mad as heck because they're eating off paper and they've gotta discard their own trash. Why? You're doing great. You're doing great. Yeah, we Open won't be coming out to the car, but you can just come on up. Welcome to McDonald's. We may have underestimated the learning curve. Basically, the whole idea of the system wasn't just fast food. It was, how do we get rid of riffraff? How do we keep people from stealing plates? Quick food, but done right. Yeah, because they were like 87% of their profit was hamburgers, french fries, and Shakes, yeah. And shakes. So they just eliminate everything else, stick to that. They want to keep people from stealing plates. They want to keep people from hanging out. Teenagers. Teenagers, specifically. And it's just really fascinating because 
that right there, genius idea. So smart. My next one is, I wrote it just like this, the Golden Arges dick magic. What is that? A concept. Huh. One of those. Oh, it's a way to make the place stand out when you're driving by. The Golden Arches, I call them. The Golden Arches. <laughs> Who thought of that? Oh, that's some pure dick magic right there. There's that picture in Dick and Mac's office of what we're used to seeing is the classic McDonald's with the double golden arches. You walk up, you see the kitchen full out. This ends up being the model going forward. And Ray's like, what is that on the model? Oh, it's just a, it's a concept. I call them golden arches. Yeah. And that ends up being the design for now. But it was the magic of Dick. Magic of Dick. Magic. Hey, yeah. Dick. I do like this scene. I was I have notes to bring it up later. But after Ray Crocs sees that you know the movie so subtly Ray Kroc drives around and looks at churches because the analog oh, this is goes right into my next the one. way that churches have a cross on the building or even like a hospital you see the red cross you know what it is McDonald's did that with the golden arches yeah. you know they it's a beacon this is you know you what you're getting there well that's what Ray said there's two things you can associate McDonald's with flags and crosses yeah it's the two things that are American and why can't McDonald's be American with the golden arches yep I'm of the church got a cross and on top of the courthouse that have a flag flags crosses crosses flags driving around i just cannot stop thinking about this tremendous restaurant now at the risk of sounding blasphemous forgive me those arches have a lot in common with those buildings a building with a cross on top of it what is that it's a gathering place where decent Wholesome people come together and they they share values protected by that American flag. It could be said that that beautiful building flanked by those arches signifies more or less the same thing. It doesn't just say delicious hamburgers inside. They signify family. It signifies community. It's a place where Americans come together to break bread. I am telling you, McDonald's can be the new American church. I have Ray's final form when he almost kills Mac. We want you out of this company, Ray. Mac, how do you propose you do that? We will sue you whatever it takes. And you probably win, but you can't afford to sue me. I bury you in court costs alone. Mac, I'm the president and CEO of a major corporation with land holdings in 17 states. You run a burger stand in the desert. I'm national. You're fucking local. Oh, yeah. He says he's a corporation owner with holdings in 17 states, and the McDonald's brothers own a burger stand in the desert. This is the time that Mac finally takes the phone yes. and lays into him. Ray visits Mac in the hospital and literally bl brings him a blank check. Is there a bigger power move than blank check? We will never beat him. We will never be rid of him. Ray's just at this point he's won you know all that's left is for him to buy them out and and honestly at this point they're so done they just want to be done with Ray Kroc like I said the sad thing is before he collapses he rips the phone yeah. out of Dick's hand and he starts laying into him and you see Dick getting worried like don't you're gonna you're yeah. gonna you're gonna get hurt you're gonna get hurt and you just see him breaking down where you see everything that him and his brother created he knows it's done yeah it's hurting and as a viewer you're like fuck you're with these guys the whole way because they're just 
every guy that had a dream and they finally through process of failure after failure found something and it was max vision to shrink the menu dick helped don't get me wrong yeah. it's the mcdonald's brother this was max yeah whole thing and for mac to finally stand up and nearly almost die because of it this is a situation where it was like give an inch take a mile you know because and ray even calls him out in the bathroom scene the whole oh that bathroom the whole scene, scene where he's like why did you steal it that day we met we gave you the tour uh, what about it we showed you everything the whole system all our secrets we were an open book so why didn't you just steal it just grab your ideas and run off start my own business using all those ideas yours what a fail how do you know am i the only one who got the kitchen tour you must have invited lots of people back there hey i'm how many of them succeeded? Lots of people started restaurants. As big as McDonald's. Of course not. No one ever has and no one ever will because they all lack that one thing that makes McDonald's special. Which is? <laughs> Even you don't know what it is. Enlighten me. It's not just the system, Dick. It's the name. That glorious name. It could be anything you want it to be. It's limitless. It's wide open. It sounds, uh, it sounds like, sounds like America. Why didn't you steal it and start your own thing? And, and Ray Kroc's like, how many people, and Ray, Ray knows it. He's like, yeah. how many people did you guys give the tour? And he admits it and he's like, yeah, some people went and started their own thing. He's like, why didn't it work? And he, he's like, you don't even know why it doesn't work. He's like, it's the name. It is. And like my wife points that out. Imagine McDonald's being called anything else. Yeah. Crocs. All of that's like subliminal. Like last night I watched Moneyball and you know, not to go on too much of a tangent, but like Moneyball is like, okay, we're going to use saber metrics and strictly numbers to replace star players that we can't afford. We're going to do it with cheaper pieces. But what Moneyball never considers is stuff like chemistry, mm -hmm. stuff like feel, stuff like, you know, are guys injury prone? All it looks at is like the numbers. Like it's the whole approach of like a number, not a name. And McDonald's is that. There is a subliminal value to the name McDonald's. It's very American. Yeah, that was my last one too. And it's also the way that scene was shot. The yellow porcelain bathroom. Yeah. Both of them wearing black suits. They just took the buyout. The look. I'm glad Nick Offerman is finally getting the recognition that dude deserves. Yeah. Because yes, you hear Ron Swanson in this role. It's yeah. Ron Swanson. The only thing God I've watched damn. with him is not Ron Swanson is Last of Us. Yeah. That episode of Last of Us is incredible. It's heart wrenching. And I'm so glad that. Well, although he starts that episode as Ron Swanson. Yeah, I am glad though the showrunners came out and said, "Listen, we're not doing a, an offshoot with yeah, Murray." No. And, yeah, we're not doing it. Uh, the last one I had to mention is the um, Harry telling Ray he's not in the the burger business; he's in the real estate business. You're not in the burger business. You're in the real estate business. You don't build an empire off a 1.4 percent cut of a 15 cent hamburger. You build it by owning the land upon which that burger is cooked. What you ought to be doing is buying up plots of land, then turning around and leasing said plots to franchisees who, as a condition of their deal, should be permitted to lease from you 
and you alone. You see the shot literally of Ray having this epiphany and holding dirt in his hand. Yeah. Because Harry just opened this whole new world to him where he's like, you aren't making money on the burgers. You're making money on leasing the building to them. Yeah. And then if they fail, you take the building back. Like you own the bill. It's McDonald's is the biggest realty corporation in the world. Oh, by far. I mean, it's genius. It yeah. is like literally the change that changed everything. So. And if we were to ever get to the point when we do go back to the moon, what will be the first type of food that opens on the moon? Will be McDonald's. It have to be McDonald's. It have to be. But McDonald's. could you imagine though that race oh. between like Taco Bell, McDonald's, like who wants to be the first one on the moon? It would have to be McDonald's. I could not see anything else. It's Mac tonight on the moon. Yeah. Well, speaking of Mac tonight, definitely not a pool in this one, right? No, pool. no, no pool. But I would rather go swimming in a thing of hot mustard or maybe some of your trendy sauces at McDonald's, such as tangy barbecue honey mustard sweet and sour or personally my favorite sweet and spicy jam let's jump in the pool put it on my mcdick that's actually the uh, working title for this episode in my notes <laughs> mickey dicks <laughs> We've discussed McDonald's a little bit when we covered Super Size Me, but we're going to summarize our nostalgia for McDonald's by doing our pool check on selecting any five items or things about McDonald's. I don't care what it is. Could, anything, Lebowski, could, anything. Could be food items, Happy Meal toys, decor in the restaurant. Anything, employees. Employees, specific people you've met there. <laughs> So I'll go first and I will say all the random weird promotions and things that McDonald's tried like one time only. For example, in 1980, McDonald's partnered with Gillette so you could shave your McBalls <laughs> or your McSnatch. It was a, a Gillette swivel razor and the packaging said compliments of McDonald's. Come on, son. You better eat a good breakfast. Hey, you better start using my razor, too. Come on. Fiesta coins, which were actual legal currency given away when you bought Mc like they had nugget sauces influenced by other countries. Yeah. And if you bought those, they gave you a, a literal piece of currency. Because everybody's here at McDonald's for the chicken McNuggets Fiesta. Chunks of chicken. And there's three new sauces. Green chili salsa with jalapeno peppers. I see. Mild salsa with chunks of tomato and onions. Mesquite barbecue. Fiesta. And they're giving away real south of the border coins. I'll collect them. So now we do parties. And Fiesta. Hit it. And then, which I guess, All right. I think the Fiesta coins are kind of rare and like collectible. Yeah. Olympics promotion. They did an Olympics promotion where the U.S., for every gold medal they won, they gave away free food or something. <laughs> oh, they, they lost their ass on that one. They did because Russia boycotted the Olympics because the U.S. boycotted. We boycotted the 80 games of Moscow. They boycotted Los Angeles 84. So when they boycotted in 84, U.S. was pretty much the favorite. The Feel like you're part of the Olympic action. Play McDonald's when the U.S. wins, you win Olympic games. What's your event? Women's freestyle relay. If the U.S. wins, then I win. When the U.S. wins a medal in the event on your game card, you win a Big Mac. Or regular fries. Or regular Coca-Cola. Or win up to $10,000 instantly. So go to McDonald's and collect your game cards. Because when the U.S. wins, you win. Let's go, USA! Let's go, 
McDonald's basically gave away entirely too much free food. Are we going to do it again in 88? Fuck no. So just basically those types of things. The one time only. Hey, remember that weird time McDonald's did this one thing and, and then it was done forever. So my number five, I literally just mentioned it. Probably my favorite mascot. Involve itself in McDonald's. Not Ronald McDonald. Not the my ex-girlfriend, the Hamburglar, who pulled out the teddy bear lotion. No, Mac tonight. When the clock strikes half past six, babe, time to head for... Yeah. Mac Tonight was one of the coolest things played by actor Doug Jones. Very amazing actor. I know him from Star Trek Discovery. It is such a cool play on, you know, like your 50s guy who sits behind the lounge singer. He, I mean, I grew up thinking of him as like a David Letterman, like yeah. a, a host, like a Johnny Carson or a David Letterman. And he was the one who greeted you when you walked into McDonald's. Yeah. It two, was the greatest. Two story McDonald's, Mac Tonight with the piano. Oh, Mac Tonight. Every time, so I always see this vintage Mac Tonight shirt. It's like a single stitch. It's got this beautiful multicolor Mac yeah, Tonight. I know what you're right? talking about. My God, I want that shirt. I wish somebody would just release it as like a like a repro. Yeah, I would be I would fine with it. that. I have Monopoly. The game Monopoly is back at McDonald's. Bigger and better than ever. This year, there's more prizes than ever. Coca-Cola. Congratulations. Hey, collect the right game pieces. And win $2 million. There's over $50 million in prizes, including hundreds of Walt Disney World vacations on Delta Airlines. Play Monopoly at McDonald's. It's not just big, it's huge. So, oh, but yeah. specifically the old school version, stamps and stickers, where you literally had to have. How it, many game boards did you yeah. have? Yeah. It was like a 90 year old person at a bingo hall. You'd get a game board that would unfold out of the restaurant. You'd, you'd stick your stamps or stickers to it. I would trade them with people. Yeah, you'd trade them, convincing yourself, like, oh, I, there's got to be somebody I know that's Who has St. Charles Place? Yes. So the first iteration, 1987, ran periodically until they defaulted it in 2001 because there was a scandal when it was discovered there was a flaw in the security of the game and a dude was stealing all the valuable pieces and having friends and family cash them and then it went further up the ladder to the mafia there's an HBO documentary called McMillions that's definitely I absolutely is worth a watch and of course one of the biggest central figures of the whole thing is from Youngstown of course yeah <laughs> of course would I want it any other way no they had access to the pieces yeah so they were able to just grab what they wanted hey, Tony, we need you to cuck and counterfeit the goddamn boardwalk. I need it on my map. <laughs> so my next one by far is a little kid. 1989 was a momentous year of my life. It's because where my mom met my soon to be father for the first time in 1989, we ended up moving to our new home. And in Warren, Ohio, it was the debut of the world's most magnificent McDonald's yep. as it was billed. Don't know if it was the first two story McDonald's ever, but it's one of the most unique builds in the McDonald's chain. Two stories all glass with an elevator massive fountain 
You go to the top of the elevator, you open it up. There's Mac tonight playing on the piano. And it was also in the late eighties, early nineties where the McDonald's uniforms were either hot yeah. pink or hot green. Yep. Absolutely was the paramount, the pyramid, the everything that McDonald's was to me, yeah. the outrageous over the top bougie McDee's was awesome. My cousin, she worked at a McDonald's back when it was like the neon era McDonald's and she went outside and punched somebody in the drive-thru. <laughs> You know, it's very bad now because we went, me and me and Ange went like two years ago to the Magnificent because I haven't been in there in years. They took out the elevator. They took out the stairs. The you can't access the top floor anymore. Why? Why are they doing this? Why do they kill everything from our childhood? Yeah. Why? Why? You know, when I was in Orlando, I drove by the world's biggest McDonald's multiple times. And I don't know why I didn't stop because they have spaghetti and they have pizza and they have omelets and the weirdest shit, all kinds of weird stuff. And they have a giant arcade, which everything in Orlando and Tampa does. But my number three is the McDonald land extended universe. Bear with me. I'm naming all of the Canon yeah, characters, canonical. most of which come from VS VHS movies. I thought you most come from Vietnam. <laughs> Most come from Vietnam. McVietcong. Uh, which uh, <laughs> movies such as The Legend of Grimace Island have time will travel and visitors from outer space. So Ronald McDonald, Ronald's Dog Sunday, Grimace, who debuted in 1971 as Evil Grimace. Ooh. Birdie, the first female character who was introduced in 1980. The Fry Kids slash Fried Guys, Mayor McCheese, Officer Big Max, who you're thinking That's of. That's it. Okay. Captain Crook, who is horny for specifically the filet of fish Arr. the professor the hamburger patch uncle O'Grimacy, who is an irish stereotype grimace with a shillelagh oh a cultural misappropriation. exactly the happy meal gang the mcnugget buddies cosmic trash well. trash cans who were twins who sang a song called don't forget to feed the waste baskets bernice vulture i am hungry the president of snacking <laughs> <laughs> They impeached him in, uh, he was 1998. And they impeached him? I say they impeached him for eating all the gunk off Ronald's rocket, <laughs> which in one of the movies he does eat gunk off Ronald's rocket. Uh, Riddler. McMonica McLewinsky. Mike the Microphone, Mac Tonight, Happy, Speedy, and Aster. So those are wow. those are the canon characters. You have to buy the McDonald's VHS tapes to, to learn about. Them. And Cosmic has found another life. Yes. Weirdly, the Mick Kids characters, I believe, believe are not canon that's its own its own standalone thing oh really yeah it's a different universe yep it's a multiverse sure to make multiverse so my next one by far for me Growing up as a little kid, you know, playing Little League Baseball or just being hyperactive, I've been good all week. Not only does my mom take me to Hills Department Store, Toys R Us, or Children's Palace, or to the video store, but before we go there, we have to stop off at McDonald's. It's a nice day out. Go outside and play in the play area. Now, before we got the ball pits, because I remember when the Eastwood Mall got at McDonald's and it had the massive climb around tubes and the ball pits, amazing. But as a little kid, being able to ride those like spring things with the, the hamburger kids yeah, on them. right. Or as you look on it now you climb into mayor mccheese it's basically a little jail the slide 
that was hotter than the surface of the sun on a hot day where you would burn your ass. It was it was enough for your parents to stay inside in the smoking area, rip a dart while you go outside and you play, 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 wear yourself out. You're wearing all that that high fructose corn syrup out of your body and your bloodstream. There was something about, hey, you could have a swing set in your backyard, but it wasn't at McDonald's. There was right. something about. Yes, I totally agree. I'm, I'm with you. I did not write down a number one, but I do know what my number one was going to be. It's the Super Bowl 27 commercial. This is your number one. You're missing number two. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're so excited. I'm going backwards. I'm doing my number <laughs> right. one and then I'll do my number two. Number one. Number one, Super Bowl 27 commercial with Jordan and Bird. Play, oh, that's course. great. What's in the bag? Lunch. Big Mac fries. Play for it. You and me for my Big Mac. First one to miss watches the winner eat. No dunking. <laughs> I think we're going to be here a while. Wait, because it was, it was off the backboard over the bridge. Nothing but yeah, net. nothing but net. That commercial is just so iconic. They got two big stars who didn't need to be in a McDonald's commercial, but they no. got them anyway. Aired at Super Bowl. Those are such awesome commercials. I have like great memories. I really love that McDonald's throughout the nineties did the dream team cups, the dream team, two cups. Oh, it's the best Jordan and burden commercials, McJordan, all of those things. It makes sense. McDonald's Ray Crocs. McDonald's was located in Illinois. So around Chicago, yeah. Chicago land area. So it made sense to partner with Michael Jordan, who was there where McDonald's corporate was. So, but that commercial is my number one. I used to just love when McDonald's would, would do stuff like that. So my, Number two, I used to love, and I, this is going to be a weird number two, because I'm probably one of the few people that want this back. It's the Arch Deluxe. Excuse me. Mom, Daddy, you are such wonderful parents. There aren't enough choirs to sing your praises, not enough stone to carve a worthy monument. So let's go to McDonald's to celebrate you. You really want to get to McDonald's today? Two words. Arch Deluxe? Mm. Care to join us? Introducing the burger with the grown-up taste. McDonald's Arch Deluxe. It is the weird marketing program in yeah. the mid-90s where it's a hamburger basically targeting only to adults. Yeah. And I can remember having an Arch Deluxe for the first time because, man, the uniforms were all Arch Deluxe. They even tried to change the logo to a more an adult thing. Listen, we're not a kid's place. The kids are growing up. Become McDonald's. Be a kid at heart. But now you're an adult. There was something about the Arch Deluxe that tasted fresh and different than anything else ever on that menu. Granted, in the end it was a glorified Big Mac just about a different type of patty but with your lettuce your tomato a normal top like if you were to go to a restaurant and order a burger that's what you would get with the Arch Deluxe only lasted like two years they've never brought it back it's one of those lost menu items it's weird because why don't they bring back like McDLT I get why they don't because the whole gimmick of the McDLT was styrofoam well plus it was separate that's what I mean yeah they they gave you a styrofoam container they separated the toppings from the burger so you could assemble it yourself well, the styrofoam containers alone were awesome. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, not, not for, for the, the environment, environment, but. And I remember the styrofoam, like the hotcakes in the styrofoam. Oh, they were great. And now it's all gone. Yeah. Packaging at McDonald's has, has changed quite a bit. But you wonder, like, something like the Arch Deluxe, why don't they bring it back? Just Taco Bell, I don't necessarily agree with when they do the um, seasonal type stuff, where it's like every once in a while. McDonald's every year brings back McRib. I think it's every year. Although, is it supposed to be done for good? I am sick and tired of them always saying every year, 
This is it. Yeah. And then six months later, the shit is back. So do you remember when McDonald's and this is not uh, my second pick, but do you remember when McDonald's went all in on the grand Pooba meal? McDonald's takes you back to bedrock. Fellow lodge members introducing one that is truly unique. One of extraordinary appeal. The grand Pooba meal at McDonald's. A juicy McRib sandwich with tangy barbecue sauce, medium fries and a medium soft drink in one of six Flintstone plastic collector cups. Grand Pooba meals for everyone! Order! Order! They are such Neanderthals. What you want is what you get at McDonald's today. No. It was a Flintstones promotion. Okay, so for the movie. It was, it was a McRib, it was a fry, and it was a hard plastic Flintstones cup yeah. with John Goodman's face on it. And uh, it was called the Grand Pooba Meal, and they went hard and heavy for Flintstones, but unfortunately, <laughs> that movie Flintstones sucks. did not go hard and heavy for itself no. because it was not good. And they made a second one. Viva Rock Viva Vegas. Viva Rock Vegas. Yeah, I just wish, back to my original point, I wish McDonald's would be like, all right, people loved some of these items let's bring them back yeah seasonally they don't have to mcdonald's doesn't have to do anything like taco bell if they want to bring sales up you know bring back the mexican pizza bring back chick stars bring back chick stars god damn it i like the uh the old it's a shredded chicken burrito yeah i like the taquitos there's all kinds but the of problem stuff. with McTa- mctaco bell <laughs> mctaco it's coming around the problem with taco bell is they tell you it's coming back but then they don't tell you when they fucking rip the yeah. band-aid off and it's uh-huh. gone and like it, the chick star it's so disappointing when you're like yeah Yes, they brought back X. I can eat X every other day for two months. And then one day you go and they're like, X is gone. And you're like, fuck you. I'm going to Mick. Fuck you. <laughs> What's your uh, number? Number two. My number two since I went backwards. I can't count. It's literally the golden arches. So seeing the sign off the highway when you're traveling, it's again, it is it's hospital church. You know what it is. They never see golden arches that are something else. It is, it is a genius marketing. And I don't know, to me, there's something much more comforting about seeing a McDonald's and seeing a Burger King or something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, but Burger King, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Rick Rock said it at the end of this movie himself. Burger this, burger that. Like, yeah, I don't know. And then finally, my number one, it's the Happy Meals, man. Yeah. Like I said, the changeables were such a thing. The toy. What a marketing gimmick to have a specialized box for the theme you're trying to, to deliver as a kid. Yo, John, Mickey D. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Look who's popping into McDonald's. It's Mario from the new Super Mario Brothers 3 game. And when you buy a McDonald's Happy Meal, you'll get a Jumping Mario, or a Kooky Luigi, a Koopa Paratroopa, or a Little Goomba. McDonald's Happy Meal, you can collect all four. And nowadays, every year now, they have us going nuts for the adult Happy Meals, and we try to get all the fucking toys from them, because why with Happy Meals, they understand nostalgia, but when it comes to their architecture, they don't get it. Yeah. Happy Meals are very disappointing just in, in general now because the standard Happy Meals suck. My kids will get Happy Meals and it's it's always like three different toys with a paint swap. Yeah, it's shit. It's just the same stuff and even like the little stuffed animal type stuff sucks. You know, the toys just aren't aren't great. Oh, occasionally, every, every year, year and a half, there'll be something that's like, okay, this is cool. This is worth it. But otherwise, remember they had Tamagotchi. Do you 
you have Tamagotchi fever, if you hang toys from pets, enjoy lasers and secret compartments, you've got it, and McDonald's has the cure. There's one keychain toy in every Happy Meal you buy at McDonald's. Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Did somebody say McDonald's? Yeah. I mean, like... And that was just the 90s. That's a pretty cool toy yeah. like, for a, a Happy Meal. And they did McDonald's to Tetris in, was that Canada? Yeah. I still want to get one. It looks like a McNugget, but you can play Tetris awesome. on it. Awesome. couple honorable mentions. McDonald Land cookies, because uh, it always felt like a secret off-menu item. Yeah. When they would, like, give you the box of McDonald Land cookies. But didn't some of those, you try to chew into them, you thought you were going to break it? Oh, tooth. yeah. Yeah, they were... Uh, Ooh, the McDonald's apple pie. Apple pie. Give yeah. me fuel, give me fire, give me hot apple pie. There's a joke on Ted the series about like okay I think it's been long enough and then it just catches on fire. <laughs> Big Mac hat. Oh yeah I'd love to have one of those. <laughs> I see them from time I, to time. Everybody has those. Yeah. They're everywhere. You go at any you walk into somebody's house in their attic or the basement they've got one somewhere. I think so that's one of those things you really can't wear. No. <laughs> Anywhere, everybody I mean, wanted, but why? It's like a painter's cap with a literal. And the thing big that doesn't make sense it. is they weren't even an employee uniform thing. No, they were for people. <laughs> like Don Gorski. Imagine if like McDonald's now was like, oh, we're giving away T-shirts with a meal, and the T-shirt looked like a Mikey Whiprag hamburger mess or something, <laughs> like. Hamburger mess. I mean, like the Big Mac hat, but yeah. on a shirt. Oh, I dig that. Oh, man. I'd fucking love it. And then um, last thing, something that was like very uh, unique to me, and I'm sure everybody had it, are regional items, but specifically, remember the Cleveland Browns trading cards in 86 and 93? Oh, yeah. And in 93, they came on like a sheet. I remember getting the roster picture, yeah. too. A big roster uh -huh. picture with those pull-apart cards. You'd have to, like, they're perforated. Yeah. You'd have to, like, rip the cards out. We had McDonald's. McDonald's Browns cups like two years ago, but they weren't the hard plastic cups. They were, <laughs> but our asses were going to every goddamn yeah, McDonald's we were. and I still have a yeah. huge amount yeah, of them. Me too. But yeah, just like regional stuff, because I would love to go find that stuff. Like if I'm traveling, I would love to go in like a Goodwill and find like a, you know, Marty McSorley McDonald's uh, cup or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd like, love uh, shit like that. Just a regional that they did only at those McDonald's. Look, I just found the ghost McDonald's VHS yeah. for God's sake. McDonald's VHS tapes. They had a handful. Uh, yeah, super cool. Well, that was super fun. Tell yeah. us, please, on social media, share your favorite Batman glasses. Batman glasses. Boom, right there. Yep. Share your favorite McDonald's Garfield. memories, favorite McDonald's items, uh, anything you can remember, please share it with us. Let's get a, a dialogue going. But for now, let's get back in the French fry pool. For a good time, at a great taste, rip a dart at McDonald's today. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Mitsubishi. The word is getting around. Didn't he have a McDonald's one though? Rock and roll oh, McDonald's. Rock I suppose. All right, Jim, here it comes. Critical question. You know what it is. Uh-oh. It's Ray Kroc a villain. Yes, he is a villain. I want to take the future. I want to win. And you don't get there by being some aw shucks, nice guy, sap. There's no place in business for people like that. Business is war. It's dog eat dog, rat eat rat. If my competitor were drowning, I'd walk over and I'd put a hose right in his mouth. Can you say the same? 
Did he take an idea and sculpt it into his own with the whole real estate thing? Yes. Was franchising a, a smart thing to do? Yes, because none of us would really know what McDonald's is. However, now if the movie is accurate enough, Dick and Mac are the most two sympathetic characters or real life people. You feel genuinely bad that these guys got hosed by a snake oil salesman. A snake oil salesman who most modern nomenclature are guys who could never figure out how to do their business, but the only way they can succeed is ripping somebody off and adding a to it. That's it. He is a villain. I think Ray Kroc is a villain, but without Ray Kroc, McDonald's doesn't exist as it does. The McDonald's the world knows is because of Ray Kroc, not because of the McDonald brothers. I think for that reason, it's valid. He calls himself the founder because he found what is currently McDonald's. McDonald's brothers found a hamburger stand in the desert. He's the founder of the franchise, not the brand. Yes. He had the vision for what it takes to take their original idea and grow. McDonald brothers, I think, were happy with what they had. They were content. And they didn't need to evolve beyond that. The big battle in this movie is over the brothers versus Ray. They gave him a shitty contract. 1.4%. If they would have given him a better contract, he probably doesn't start franchise realty company. And then Ray, and all this is a moot point, but then Ray probably gives them their 1%. Do you think, because initially when they get in an argument on a phone call, he's like 4%. Yeah. I'll, three. I'll take three. But then again, how Ray Kroc is built. Yeah. When does it go? Well, I'm going to need six. I'm going to need eight. Yeah. I'm going to need 10, Maybe. 20, 50. You're dead. Maybe. But that's something he he just, from that time, he had a mark and he made it his mission yeah. that he was going to steal this and he was going to do it. And he did it better than them. And that's, it is an interesting conversation because again, I think they were content. They didn't need to do all this. They gave Ray an inch and they were like, all right, we'll let you into our circle. Never imagining that it would truly grow into the biggest thing in the world. Imagine going back in time and having a hamburger from that stand in 1954. It had to have tasted oh, amazing. It probably tastes like Eddie's Grill. with And have a milkshake from a milkshake machine that wouldn't break. I think of it as kind of like an Andy's grill. You know, you yeah. go to those places that are these classic tourist trap, classic indentured servants. Yeah. Cause like, I don't, I feel like the people that work there are most of them don't speak. Yeah. And they're mostly and Eastern European. They're 12, they're like, 12, maybe nine. Yeah. So I, I think of like stuff like Eddie's. All right. Someone who's probably never eaten McDonald's in his life. I must call Ray McCall. <laughs> hey guys, guess what? Uh, my name's not Ray. It's David. And you guys might know, not know this, but I was adopted by, by um, Dick and Mac McDonald. My actual name was <laughs> my actual name was David Cole. <laughs> it all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. <laughs> David Cole. They added the Mac. <laughs> hey guys, I'm sorry. Donnie just said something funny. My real name. I was born David Cole, and my my mom Alma. If you saw her on Wahlburgers, okay, she uh, met uh, Mac McDonald, and they had. Um, I ended up becoming uh, David McCall because I wanted to have one family, okay, and I became. They named a fillet of fish after me. David uh, Call became David McCall. I, I just started killing people because uh, Ray Kroc stole my parents' business. Ray Kroc slept with my dad. I mean, my mom. This is a real good lore. <laughs>
Uh, well, I need to write a David McCall lore book. That's great. We could sell that. Slap uh, with Mac McDonald. <laughs> so you may be a little bummed to know that this movie portrays all of this as much more contentious than it actually was. Yeah, go figure. It's dramatized. Mac did eventually die over the stress and heartache of the sale of McDonald's. Dick was actually stoked about it. He was like really... Fuck yeah! He was like really into the big windfall and the buyout. Yeah. Dick actually ate the ceremonial 50th billionth burger in 1984. Oh. So he was like... Was it him and Don Gorski? I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> because you think about it, what was it? $1.2 million, but in 1950, 1960, whatever it was yeah. in the 60s, that's probably $25 million now. I mean, so like they literally owned a burger stand and yeah. turned it into $25 million. Like, yeah, pretty cool. I mean, pretty cool. Again, Mac, not cool with it. Dick was cool with it. This is more of real life McDonald's logic, but a big focus in the movie is the differing qualities between McDonald's locations. And I really enjoy that part of this movie. It was so, cool to see. So like the higher class of investors just wanted to hire somebody. They didn't want to deal with it. They didn't care about, you know, people hanging out, people smoking, different menu items. When Ray shows up to that one, there's garbage everywhere, teenagers, the owner made his own menu item. He grabbed the chicken sandwich out of the TV yeah. stand. <laughs> drove over to the golf course, walked up the course with, what is this? What is it? Lettuce? The chicken? And he shoves it in his chest. Yeah. And then he walks away and gives him the bird. It's so good. I fucking love it. That's where Ray fixed the problem in the level of investor. Again, he went to mid-level investors and he said, you know, got people who cared about the product. It was about family to them. It was about family. Yes. McDonald's is family. That's a real life important thing to McDonald's. Dominic Toretto. So isn't that problem worse than ever now? Because we know which McDonald's to go to and which McDonald's not to go to. Mine is starting to it's slide start, yeah. down. So to me, I will go out of my way. If, if my kids want McDonald's, I'll go out of my way. We'll go to Canfield. It's not that far. Yeah. But the Canfield McDonald's, it's fast. The food is good. It's clean. Everyone's polite. Everything's good. I've never had an issue there. You go to like Raccoon McDonald's in my neighborhood, which I call the world's worst McDonald's. They never have ice. <laughs> the pops flat. They'll let you pay and they'll get to the window and be like, we don't have McNuggets. We don't have buns. We're out of fries. Like <laughs> the most, the shit you should never run out of at a McDonald's. Crazy. And like, there was a day where my daughter wanted, we were at the dance studio across the street and my older daughter wanted to go home. So she was like, will you give me fries? drive through line was real long. I get it. So we walked inside. We ordered fries only on the touchscreen. 40 minutes. Jesus. For fries. For fries. They were done. They could have handed them to us. Somebody should have been like, all right, this guy just has fries. Let's get him his fries. But instead, and the employees, they don't care. So how does this happen now? Ugh. The foundation McDonald's was built on. Quality. Has completely been removed. Even family. Yeah. Do you still feel like McDonald's is a family establishment? Oh, fuck no. I think they're removing play places from locations that still do have them. Yep. I don't know. It's a bummer. This is how bad, like, we have touted how great my McDonald's has been. Yeah. But then we had that incident that you brought up on the show yeah. where the one kid was just getting berated yes. by all the employees, which is my McDonald's down the road. So Saturday morning, the missus and I get up, Go to, I go to McDonald's to get breakfast, bring it back. It's the first time in where I get an iced coffee. Yeah. And they 
didn't fucking make sure the grounds were mixed. So as I'm mm. drinking it, all of a sudden I'm like, Wah! it's literally the fucking coffee grounds are an inch thick in the bottom of the cup. I've never experienced anything like that. It's it, They just don't care about quality. And, and then most of the kids that work there are clueless because they go up to you and go, what? Mm-hmm. Or I don't have an issue if they say, hey, we're making your burger now. If you just want to pull around, yeah. I'm fine. It's fresh. But when it comes to me, like for instance today, I had to eat McDonald's because we're talking about McDonald's. I've never had burnt nuggets. Oh. They were like fucking, because you know, the perfect nugget has that golden brown. A double fried. This was almost orange. Like I've never had orange nugget. Ugh. Bring back the vein nugget. I, the other day we had McDonald's and they, the fries were like legit raw. They're like, almost soft anymore. They were like raw. They, it was odd. Was it a couple years ago they changed from like an oil? They used to have beef fat in the oil. I that think was, that was years ago. But I think ever since then, if you don't eat the fries immediately, yeah. they sog so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't understand the McDonald's quality thing. It's kind of depressing because Coke like, is still great though. Coke's still good. Yeah. Most of the time. Don't yeah. go to raccoon. They no. just, I don't know what their deal is. It's just really disappointing because now again, we talked about it on a final lap of an episode where they're eliminating refills like <laughs> self self-serve refills. Yeah. That's like a, a boycott offense to me because all they're doing is just making more work for themselves because if somebody wants a refill and they have to go to the counter, you're going to get the employee on a very bad fucking day. Oh yeah. Day. Yeah. And would you blame them if the same no. 84 year old man that goes in there every goddamn morning that wants a Coke has to constantly ask him for it. Yes. Crazy. Ray drives all the way across the country from Missouri to California to see McDonald's after their largely odd order, their large oddly order. It's a good thing. The gas was like five cents or whatever, since he was able to just on a whim drive from Missouri to California. The car was kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was a, a failing milkshake salesman. And Laura Dern, we didn't talk about her in this movie. Yeah. Laura Dern is his wife, Ethel Kroc. All she wanted is just like a husband at home. That's all she wanted. We could go to the club more than twice a year. Christ, just take a walk around the block together. Isn't it time to enjoy a little and stop chasing your tail? When's enough going to be enough for you? Honestly, probably never. Why should I settle what other men won't? I don't know, right? Maybe if I had a wife who had an ounce of vision, showed me an ounce of support. Sorry, wrong word. Uh, I've done nothing but support you. Oh, look, I'm sorry. That's no. Ups, downs, dwindling savings, right. your schemes. And he, like, hated her. You hate my dream. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the big picture guy. You're not. Yeah, Ray just wanted to, like, make a lot of money and support them. And she just wanted a husband who was home and stuff. I, I guess it worked out for him, him and Joan. I'm also grossed out that his drink of choice was Canadian Club Whiskey. Mm-hmm. Canadian Club Whiskey. I'm sorry, our Canadian fans north of the border. Fucking gross. It's not good whiskey. I think about that scene where he, he comes home from his trip. I think I've got some people for you. Uh, I met this young couple, very committed. They're from Glenview, uh, high school sweethearts, married for five years, uh, and they're looking for a business they can yeah, operate together. Uh, uh, and they seem very excited. Yeah, forget that. Everything's changed. You want a drink? No, changed how? Forget the Chicago suburbs. Think bigger. Bigger? I'm not chasing them anymore. They're chasing me now. What is that? The trip. The trip I just took. The trip. How was it? Triumphant. It rolled out the red carpet. They're kissing this ring. They're begging me for McDonald's now. Here. 
He walks through the door and the first thing he does is makes himself a drink to celebrate. He hands it off to her? He does. But there's ice in the thing on the bar cart. If you own like a bar cart in your house like that, do you just fill up the ice bucket every day? You case? have to because it's just going to be melted. It's going to be water. Yeah, because what are the odds? <laughs> Why was there ice in the bucket when he walked in? Because I hate to say it, subservient wife. She's expecting her husband home. You better have ice in the... It's 50s wife. They didn't work. They were housewives. Yeah. She's probably real bored, especially because he canceled her, her membership at the country club after the chicken incident. She did go to Jurassic Park, though. Yeah, that, that worked. We got to talk about it. The woman on the bench, first time Ray goes to McDonald's, <laughs> she's pretending to eat. Yeah. She's not eating the burger. How do they let it... In a movie like this... About burgers. About burgers. It's like a high quality movie. She's pretending to eat the burger. Fake chow. Fake chow. She's doing fake chow, fake on, a, chow. on a McDonald's burger. Also, do you think they used real McDonald's burgers? No. They didn't have to. They, they didn't have to. Because the 1940 version of the McDonald's hamburger didn't look like what today's looking no. like. No. Today's .047 ounce hamburger. When was the last time that you went to McDonald's and you just ordered hamburger? Long time. Probably I was a kid and I was stupid. I had a cheeseburger two months ago it's the first time i ordered just a cheeseburger still tastes the same yeah but one of the only mcdonald's items that it tastes the same yeah it hasn't changed is i mean mcdonald's the nuggets used to have tumors in them and they also used to have chicken skin which i didn't realize so the old mcdougets used to have chicken skin and now they've removed the skin and it's been replaced with like a pink pea paste and (laughs) and all these weird ingredients but at least mcdonald's nuggets unless they're frying them twice are pretty consistent Bring back super size. Yes. God damn it. If you're not giving me refills, give me a fucking bucket. <laughs> they made the fucking cup holders in your car bigger for the yes. super size drink. Give it to me. Damn give it. Me a super size fry. I'm an adult. 860 calories, a fucking ginormous 48 ounce soda. Listen, if I want to drink that 48 ounce soda, that's all I'm going to drink or eat the whole day. Yeah. Just give it to me. I, yes. You don't have to protect me. McFuck me, McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Come on. McFuck me. <laughs> Uh, doesn't it seem like the movie subtly suggests that McDonald's brothers really didn't trust Ray from the beginning? Like when he's watching, it seemed like Dick didn't when he's waiting for them. Cause like the first time they meet him, they go to dinner, whatever. That's the end of it. The second time they meet him, he's waiting for them to pull into the parking lot. And already they're sort of like this fucking guy again. Jesus Christ. And then, you know, not long after they're like, we're never getting rid of him. Are we? No, he put his claws in. He took over that entire, uh, then again, they could have just said no. Fred Turner, who met Ray flipping burgers at the first franchise eventually became CEO of McDonald's. But Ray Kroc lies in front of Fred about starting McDonald's, but Fred doesn't say shit. We're doing good, right, Fred? Yes, sir. Yeah, we're doing good. When did you start it? Uh, hmm? Sorry? What year did you start McDonald's? Year? I started it in 1954. Yeah. Because Joan, is that her name? She yep. says, when did you start it? And it's like this, like, pause. Well, I started it and, and you know. Fred- well, he, he also claimed that his McDonald's he built. Yeah. Was Listen. McDonald's number one. Yeah, right. And there's that point of contention in the movie where he's like, do you see he calls it McDonald's number one? Yeah. <laughs> Just. But Fred Turner could have been like, he don't own McDonald's, but Fred Turner knew that's his career. You know, when you work for a company where your owner or boss does some really shitty stuff in his personal life and you knew about it, are you guilty? That may be about some other company, but yeah. But Fred Turner, he just goes along with it. Mac and Dick probably shouldn't be arguing over Ray in front of their staff in the kitchen. Is he a pain? 
pain in the rear? Yes. Does he have a few screws loose? You bet. But that doesn't mean he's gonna do us any harm. How long are you gonna keep this up, Mac? Keep up what? The whole everything is fine act. There's a wolf in the hen house. We let him in. I never should have listened. We have a contract for just this sort of thing, Dick. I should have trusted my gut. So it's my fault, huh? Just like the movie theater. Well, I'm sorry. I wanted you to have your dream. Seemed a little awkward. They're like talking about how bad Ray is and how bad things are in front of their employees who are like, are you going to have a jaw? Like, <laughs> If the McDonald's brothers allowed Ray to get investors, why did it matter if he was the investor? Because they allowed him to go out and get funding from low level, mid-level, high level investors, whoever, to build the McDonald's. But when he starts to own the McDonald's himself as the realtor, they get pissed about it. Oh, real pissed. But why? They never thought of the real estate. Yeah. That was the big thing. Yes. It was the loophole. It was the trump card. That's how they turned the tide for sure. Yep. And then the last one I'll mention, putting a McDonald's across the street from the original one is evil. <sighs> it's one thing you buy them off with a blank check, you take the name, but that scene where they have to remove their own name from their restaurant. And you just see them hold each other and hug each other. And as then he's doing building it. a McDonald's across the street. That's one where it's like, all right, Ray, you won. Leave it alone. That is... Art Modell, Burn and yeah. Piss, special place in hell for you, Vince McMahon, Adolf Hitler, Ray Kroc. Yes. I don't get what, again, it wasn't as contentious in real life as it was in this movie, but like Ray felt like he was fighting a war, but like why? The there McDonald's was, brothers weren't putting up a fight. Like no. he's like one of those super competitive kids who's way better than you at basketball and like has to beat you a hundred to nothing. But it's the other team that's just like, okay. Yeah. All right, dude. Fine. You're, you're good. I suck. But imagine what the trajectory of this company would have been if they just would have said no. Yeah, right. Who knows? They might just be a regional chain. Burger King might be uh king. Yeah. King right, Burger. What is, what is legacy as movie? Funny fact, the company that Ray Kroc worked for at the time, like when he stumbled upon McDonald's, it was called Prince Castle. Prince Castle still exists and they supply McDonald's locations with most of their equipment. Jeez. So Ray Kroc really... How the Left one company went, <laughs> made McDonald's billions, yeah. and he brought his old company on along the way. On board. That's kind of cool. Which is not good for that company because go to a McDonald's. Does like no. does the ice cream machine ever work? No. Well, that's a uh, that's not the machine. That's the employees because there's cleaning cycles. Yes. I at least so I hear. Good movie. I mean, absolutely. I would it's say good. watch it. It's a good one. If it were ever on cable, this is the type of movie you'd want to catch on cable. But have right. a McBeer. Have a McBeer. I wish they had those in U.S. They, I'm sure they do somewhere else. I don't want to have a Big Mac Pilsner. I do want to go to the Long John Silver's Pub though and have a beer. We've talked about that for years yeah i don't know if that still exists anymore pub still there i don't know if you can still get beer i might have lost their liquor license stick around for some plugs nothing can stop batman's return now at mcdonald's batman returns is a dramatic series of 32 ounce collector cups straight from the summer's biggest movie on top there's a fine frisbee bat this lid Inside, a superheroic serving of a large soft drink. You can collect all six Batman Returns cups, each at a special price. Because what you want is what you get at McDonald's today. What do you want? 
Pool Sceners, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the show and all of the other ones in our back catalog. And you can find those on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay, and wherever you get your podcast from, because we are there. And never forget to like, comment, subscribe, rate, and follow on Facebook. Join the Pool Sceners group for exclusive content. You will get it there first. Instagram, Twitch, threads tiktok and youtube at pool scene podcast we are all over the place so you will never get one opportunity to miss us anytime anywhere and as always back to kevin final lap guy what do you order at mcdonald's yeah the final lap All right. I don't really have anything. I mean, I just did a whole lot of talking about McDonald's. You had McDonald's today. Yeah. I think I had McDonald's last weekend when I talked about the raw fries. Kevin, do you think Cody Rhodes is going to finish his mixed story? It's been a very contentious week in the world of professional wrestling. All I can say is I don't want to talk about it here. If you guys want to see the details, read the Vince McMahon lawsuit with Janelle Grant. Some very inexcusable, insane horror story beyond the scope of just like sexual uh. assault, but absolutely insane behavior of that type of person you know just a multi-millionaire billionaire type of thing who just thinks i can do anything i want but like i think it was either brian alvarez or dave Meltzer even said with all this insane stuff that he did him and john laranitis sex trafficking all this stuff on this woman if you can name one person in the world who would have done this and if he would have said would it be vince mcmahon yeah yeah so it had vince's name all over i mean it. i don't watch wwe much i don't either i watch royal rumble because it's like my favorite event even watching the royal rumble it's just to me it's like a black cloud like mcdonald's too like it's sad what they've done to mcdonald's they massacred my boy it's kind of the same with with wwe to me like i used to look forward to the royal rumble every year and it was so exciting this year it just and maybe that's because of the black cloud hanging yeah. over it the women's rumble was pretty good it was really good enjoyable i mean the the men's rumble was kind of just like one note like it never really picked up there was never really anything is predictable where it was going to go yeah and it's been predictable for over a year yeah the the women's had some good some bad some surprises happy like, to see bailey won i it. at least laughed at some things you know it was it was pretty fun jordan but, grace tna that was pretty awesome yeah did that happen triple h was trying to get her out of her contract i'll go figure yeah triple h also didn't read a lawsuit even though he's a top executive he's implicated in the lawsuit. he literally did the franklin jella draft day of we had a great day yeah. it's like no you didn't pal I, if somebody was like hey you're in this law lawsuit i think i'd read the lawsuit to be like especially that what kind did of they lawsuit. say about me yeah oh we're talking about all sorts of things we kevin i just thought of something great that was kind of depressing let's talk about the dune fuck cups that's exactly where i was going yes so june 2 march 1st amc released a sandworm a container that you can perform coitus with <laughs> It's a, it's a sandworm. It's a sandworm. It looks it's like a shy halud, but instead it's got an, an a hole. <laughs> and if you can, you can fuck if it. it's one of those theaters where you can get your own butter, you can butter yourself up. And I, I mean, I'm driving to the waterfront in Pittsburgh <laughs> to go see Dune Two. Get that cup. I'm gonna get that. I wish it were a cup. It's kind of like in the middle of a cup in a bucket. Yeah, it looks like so. Regal, which uh, the joke I made, which I'm 100 serious about, means I'd have to see a movie at a Regal. Yeah, they have a, a cup in a bucket for Dune Two that's um subtle. 
It's just like, it's a hard plastic cup. It's got, you know, Paul Atreides on it or whatever. Yeah, but you can't fuck it, Kevin. Yeah, that's true. I can't fuck it. But I have uh, my dude two shot. Well, if, if you're going there, I will go to the Regal one and get the, the standard issue, right. unfuckable cup. Dune cup. Atreides. Yeah. I, yeah, I plan on going. I'm taking the day off work. I'm going to drive to Pittsburgh. I'm going to go to the waterfront. I'm going to see it in IMAX with laser. Not lasers. Not lasers. Laser. IMAX with laser, proper term. Apparently it's the... Gotta be a real genius. Yeah, it's gonna be real genius and they're all gonna be there. Laszlo, Ollie Feld. Yeah, he's gonna come out of the uh, exit. <laughs> he's gonna come out of the fuck cup. Yeah, there. And uh, play with your nuts. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> We've got some exciting uh, things coming up, and some guests, and a whole bunch of things. And then gonna be in this next season. Yeah, big things in the next season. Big things. Big Max. Big Max. Huge yeah. Max. Huge Max. <sighs> there you go. <laughs> Super sized Big Mac called a huge Mac. <laughs> There's two, there's, it's double, but there's two outside buns and then two Big Macs inside. They're selling, when I stopped at McDonald's, they, they're a double Big Mac. In the picture alone made me sick. A double Big Mac? A double uh, Big Mac. Like a huge Mac. Why don't they do a reverse Mac where the little Mac. burger is the bun? It's like an in, it's an inverse. Oh, like the, the KFC double down? Yeah. Just, the, you know. Which people are so grossed out about that. When you think about it, you're like, this is better. It is. This is better for you. You're cutting out the bread. You're cutting out the bread you're putting toppings between two pieces of chicken people are like this is disgusting it's like oh so you want to eat bread with two pieces of chicken yeah, and toppings you fat slob yeah all right well silencia when you believe in magic and behold you do you'll always have a friend wearing big red shoes <laughs> anything can happen right before your eyes whatever you're expecting expect a surprise when you believe in magic, all right. I believe in magic. I believe in you. When you believe in magic.